I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome to 2014, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards. If you found me via, or found this via Twitter, you know it's at Cabbie. If you found this via the Book of Faces, Probably clicked on the link, uh, facebook.com slash Cabral Richards, which is the government name. I don't use it very often, but that's the government name for those of you who only know me as Cabby. If you subscribe on iTunes or if you listen on tsn.ca, the podcast center, thank you and welcome. Thank you for spending some time with me and my guest. Is it too late to say Happy New Year to people? It's like halfway through January. And I said Happy New Year to someone today who I hadn't seen since 2013, but I was like, is it too, what, what's the cutoff? Is it, do you have to be like, is it single digits date-wise in the month of January? So by like January 10th, it's too late to say Happy New Year? I don't know what the cutoff is, so I will continue to be awkward and, and greet people awkwardly with Happy New Year probably until like Valentine's Day-ish. A lot of great TV Coming back in 2014, I'm excited for a new season of Girls. I'm super pumped uh, for a new season of House of Lies. I'm pumped for Game of Thrones. You know, I'm pumped for The Bridge. There's a there's a bunch of shows on TV. TV is so good right now, and I'm excited. I'm going to talk a little bit about TV with my next guest who has appeared on TV with me a few times when he played with the Los Angeles Kings and now he's moved down the co- no up the coast. No, down the coast to Anaheim. A very funny dude, very honest, very candid and he joins me from the West Coast right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. The last time I physically saw this man, we were at uh, Jared Stoll's place the day after the LA Kings won their first ever Stanley Cup. It was a Tuesday afternoon, and uh, Stoll had the team over at his place for tacos. The night before... On the ice, the team celebrated, and I begged him to come on off the record with Mike, to do an interview with Michael Landsberg the following day. He obliged. And for years, he's been obliging my requests, including giving me sl- uh, snapshots of his life in Southern California via photographs of his friends. He's, uh, he lives a good life, a charmed life, and he's one of the NHL's funniest players, period. Dustin Penner joins me from the Anaheim Ducks. Good evening to you, sir. That may be the longest intro I've ever been a part of. Yeah, but you, did you love every second of it, though? It was all about you. <laughs> I did. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. It's, you make your return to the Cabby Presents podcast. You guys are really hard up for guest spots, huh? No, I like you, though, dude. We're, you're, I actually, like, I text with you. Like, I enjoy conversing with you. Your life is, is uh, measurably, like, in the double digits better than my life. I don't know. You hang around some pretty uh, special people. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Listen, I'm not hanging with them. Like, I see them for a few minutes of their day. I, I'm sure, I, I'm willing to bet that the people that you actually spend time with are far more impressive than Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Not on a, not on a, a visibility and status level, purely an aesthetic level. Uh, perhaps. Uh, I, I hang around some pretty funny people, too, so... And well, okay. Well then, well then, you keep good company on Twitter. It's at Dustin Penner twenty five, dude. Are you making a cabinet right now? Like, what are you doing in the background? Well, I just didn't break away two hours of the day to sit and be attentive. I'm cleaning up the house. I'm a single guy. I have to do these kind of things. I thought you guys hired people like once a once a month, once a week. Well, like, like they're not going to change the toilet paper roll for me every time. <laughs> That's what you pay them for. That's what you pay them 60 bucks for, no? Yeah. Actually, I don't know what, what they charge. What do you mean you don't know what they charge? Aren't, you're supposed to be on top of that, dude. No, not really. That's not something I, I concern myself with. You could be getting ripped off. It's very possible. It wouldn't be the first time. Really? What was the first time that you've been ripped off? What was the time that you remember being ripped off? <laughs> Um, the most recent time being ripped off was probably by, uh, my divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you. I could, I could feel you like considering saying that. Like, you're like, how much do, <laughs> what do I actually want to say to this frigging guy? I, I, I figured it would be some variation of that. Oh, hey, so um, uh, when is the Entourage movie going to happen, Dustin? Uh, I think uh, they're going to start shooting it soon from what I've seen on uh, social media. What do you mean, uh, what you've seen on social you, Dude, you have a link to the source. Like, you are, you are one degree of separation to one of the cast members, Kevin Connolly. And I also, um, Doug Allen is a friend as well, so he's, the, he's probably the best guy to go to, but I don't try and bother them with, you know, fan questions like, when are you guys shooting? When's it going to be out? Because, you know, just, you don't want to, you talk to those people, you don't talk about their job really too much. You just talk to them like a normal person. But normal people talk about work, though. Good point. I'll bring that up. Well, yeah, if you get, if you get strange looks, be like, hey, man, you know, my parents... They talk to me about work. I, you know, when I, you know, when I sometimes have dinner parties or whatever, I talk to my guests about work. We can talk about work. We're all friends here. I mean, you don't have to talk only about work, but work can be a part of the conversation. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll call you right back and I'll just give Doug a call. <laughs> For a long time, I bugged you, like probably weekly, about trying to get Kevin Connolly on this here podcast. And like about a year ago is when I started and I wanted to get, I wanted him on to talk about his uh, ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, Big Shot, about uh, the guy that bought um, the New England, sorry, the New, uh, New York Islanders. How'd that, uh, how'd that go? Did, how'd the podcast go with him? Yeah, the, uh, it's, 
It didn't go. It didn't. It didn't go. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's like it's like you as a forty goal scorer. It just it just hasn't happened. Yeah, exactly. Good one. Yeah, listen, my jokes. I don't I don't I don't crack jokes. My jokes aren't that great. Your yours are. You're a funny guy, Cabby. I'm not really. I've I've lost my touch. I, I need to be around better people. Uh, not better people, but funnier people. I've lost hanging out with hockey guys. It doesn't do well for your um, for your sense of humor. Like there's just a few. There's like a handful of dudes have your ilk of humor, but that's it. Well, I think there's you know it depends who you're hanging around with, I guess. But they're probably intimidated by you because of your stature now being on what is it TSN? Yeah, I work for the leader. Yeah. So maybe they're a little bit intimidated by you. Um, well, that's a, that's an interesting theory, which nobody would believe. But thank you for putting it out there into the ether. You're welcome. Hey, are you in? Um, do you still have that spot which I crashed on your couch at, like that same spot? Yeah, we actually uh, after you left, we had to get the the foam reinstalled. We took it to a place. Got its firmness back. I put a serious dent in that couch. Yeah, you did. And I and I wish it was for a good I wish it was like with some really arduous activity, but sadly it wasn't. It was just my fat stomach and torso sleeping on that mug. Oh uh, well you did a really good job of that at least. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me snoring upstairs, but there's a good chance you did. I sleep like a bear. Like a bear that's dying. A bear that has like a like a like a like a wooden shaft in its side. Like it got stabbed by somebody in Game of Thrones. Hey, do you um do you watch the uh the Golden Globes? No, we uh actually had a game yesterday. How uh, how did that go? How did that work out? We won, won nothing. It was a a stingy defensive game. Is that the style you guys play though? I thought you guys light it up though. Do you even watch hockey, Cabby? Yeah, I watch hockey. What's with all these questions like you know? We're a, we're a pretty offensive team that was not considered the norm. I think TSN even made a comment about that on the the game today. What do you, what, no, I thought you guys played yesterday. No, I know, but I'm saying when the next day when they come out reviewing what happened the night before, I think they even mentioned. Yeah, does your team score a lot of goals or no? We do. Yeah, so there you go. That I'm right. I'm like I, t- I said, don't you guys score a lot of goals? Like, what's up with this one nothing? You guys aren't the LA Kings. You're not your former team. You're your new team. Yes, okay, well, I just misunderstood the question. I'm sorry, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys score, like, you guys are one, a, a, I know that you guys are the best team in the National Hockey League, and I think you you guys have ripped off either seven straight games in a row you've won in, like, I don't, is it, like, 17 of 18 or 18 of 19, something like that? You guys have won? Yes, that's, that's actually quite close, and I'll, I'll just agree with you because I don't, I know it's seven wins in a row, and I think it's, 17 of the last 18, I'd say. But you'd say, but you're not exactly sure. It's your own team, doggy. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know all the stats. I don't know how many times in the career of the Anaheim franchise that we've won X number of games in a month. Like, I don't know all those Elias Bureau stats. I just but, know that. I just know tomorrow I have practice and the day after I have a game. <laughs> uh, so you didn't watch the Golden Globes, did you? Um, are you watching like any in in your off days other than entertaining guests at Casa de DP? Um, do you watch any TV shows like on your iPad or whatever on the road? 
Yeah, I've been actually looking for a new show. I uh, When I find a show that's really good, nothing else matters, unfortunately. So I get through the show in about two, three days. Oh, so you, I, you crush out a ton of episodes, what you're saying. Yeah, and then I get very depressed. So I, I, I always think I wish I would just have, have a little more discipline and, and just watch one or two episodes a day. That way I'd have something to watch every night. But nope. I don't. And I ripped through House of Lies, Suits, Game of Thrones season three, Dexter season eight. Um, I think that's that's what I did this month, or the month of December. Have you seen Orange Is the New Black? I tried. I I went a couple of episodes into it, and I just got tired of it. See, I, I really like that show. I think it's really funny. And what about Homeland? Um, everybody says season two was good. I watched uh, one episode and didn't get into it, but they said it was kind of slow to start and it really picks up around the third or fourth, so I'm going to give that another go around. Have you seen, ep- like, season one, though? Yeah, season one was great. Oh, okay. So you're, you're season, season three, I'll be honest, is not that strong, but, uh, Carrie, uh, what's Carrie, what's, what's the actress? Claire Danes is such a strong actress, it's like... She's mesmerizing, but there are, there are some logic flaws in season three. However, it's still worth the watch. You can you can crush that out pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, um, you're referring to Homeland. Correct. Yeah, I'll probably crush that. I think there's only what eight episodes in a season. Uh, eight or t- I think ten. I think ten. Okay, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. What about girls? Are you watching girls? No, I. I... It's not something, even the name is off-putting to me as far as a TV show. Come, dude, don't, you can't be that guy. <laughs> well, listen, you're not going to watch Girls, but you did watch The Hills and you watched The the OC. So what What are you talking about? No, I know, but I know, I just, I, yeah, I guess I really don't have a leg to stand on. There you go. See, I just, I just got you to admit that you watched The, the OC and The Hills, which are both horrific, no, like, no, no. Oh, no, no, I did not say I watched The Hills. I've never watched that. I That's not true. You did watch The Hills. You did watch The Hills. It was a phenomenon. No, Real Housewives. Oh, The Real Housewives of the OC? That's even worse than The Hills or The OC. It was part of my therapy after the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know some of those women personally? Um, I wouldn't say not the main characters. But you, you've actually met some of the people that have appeared on that show? Yeah, I've met a few of them, but I mean, it's not, it's not even something I can recall where it's like, oh, I met this person, like, who cares? I, I do want to get into, um, where did you meet them? Well, it's Orange County, that's where I live, Cabby. I know, but like, are they actually like out and about? Like, you could see you run into them at friggin' Whole Foods or whatnot. Yeah, I suppose you could. But you don't, you don't go to Whole Foods. Well, with the way that season's been, how many road games we've played? The last time we went grocery shopping was sometime late in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. A big, a big deal up here. I don't know if it was a big deal in uh, Southern California, but when uh, Team Canada announced its men's hockey team, uh, did that resonate for you guys? Like, did you watch it on TV, or how did you consume that announcement? I, uh, 
I was saying sleeping at the time. <laughs> it was it was eleven. You're right. It was eleven a.m. Eastern, so you would have been sleeping. Yeah, but I uh, I wanted to. I mean, I knew Getz and Perry were going to make it, and I was happy for them and for Kunis as well and Dowdy and Carts. You know, guys that I played with. You played with Chris Kunitz before? Yeah. Where? Uh, in the minors, and then also when we both came up with the Ducks, the year we won the Cup. He was on the team? <sighs> Can we just move on? I, you're very frustrating. Well, how am I frustrating? Because of the lack of knowledge you have of your guests before they come on the show. But listen, do we, okay, do we, other than on this podcast, do you and I ever talk about hockey? No, so why are you changing things up? What do you mean? No, I was kidding. Well, you said the guy's name, so I was like, I had to follow it up. Like, oh, Chris Kunitz. I didn't know that there was a relationship between you two. Carter, Drew Doughty, I get it. They played on the Kings. And obviously, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, your current teammates and former teammates in 2007 when you won the Stanley Cup, where I met you for the first time. And in our interview, you talked about Randy Carlisle saying he played in a box. I'm up for air. That's a great, nice uh, little story you got there. But who asked the hockey question? Who asked the hot, the what question? Who asked the hockey question to get us to where we were? That was me. Yeah, that was, that was me. But there, this is the reason why I went down this road is because months before Team Canada was announced by Steve Eiserman and, and the, the hockey executives, I made my own Team Canada. Are you aware of this? Yes, the beard one. I think uh, you were kind enough to put me on it. Yeah, because you're the hairiest man in the NHL. And I said, oh, you're. That is not fair. I know there are at least three other guys that have more. There, there's no way. You are the hairiest man in the NHL. You could just wear that like a badge of honor, my dude. No, I submit Kyle Palmieri. <laughs> I see your Kyle Palmieri, and I'm sticking with my pocket Dustin Penners. Like, in, in, I'm sticking with them. I'm riding. I'm going all in with those dudes. My pocket Dustin Penners. Even Brent Burns. I see a pair of Brent Burns on the table. I'm still riding with my pocket Dustin Penners. Jeez. That's kind of ruthless. That's not kind of ruthless. It's okay. Wear it like a like a like a cloak from Game of Thrones. My second Game of Thrones reference in this podcast. I'm a huge fan of the show. And did you see the trailer for season four? I I have not seen it. Uh, you're uh, it's amazing, and I'm a big fan of Khaleesi, so I can't wait. Dude, who isn't? But I don't think she's doing nude scenes anymore. She had like she gave no, us. That's not even that. I just. I just like her character. What do you mean? You just... Come on, dude. Don't lie. You're out here lying. Come on. Be truthful. We got... Uh, we're on the security alert here. Down in Newport. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Who who stopped by? <laughs> MJ did. MJ? Who's uh, who's MJ? My, it's uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael Jordan. Wow, Michael Jordan yeah. really has a, a high-pitched... Uh, Michael Jordan's octaves are higher tonight. Yeah, yeah, you were sucking on a helium balloon. Wow, that's 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 crazy. So what is Michael Jordan doing in Orange County when his team is playing basketball in Charlotte tonight? Uh, we're going to go gamble. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, that's I, didn't know, I didn't know a girl's voice could throw you off so easily. No, but I like it. I mean, it's listen. I I don't have the same poise that you do. I'm I'm not that comfortable in the pocket. You know what I mean? You're comfortable in the pocket, like Ben Roethlisberger. I'm scrambling like Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? 
The intentional grounding. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Throwing the ball out of bounds, like tripping over my lineman a la Mark Sanchez. Like, I just can't get it together, dude. You've seen me work. You've seen me in action in real life. Your old, your old line is getting out of the three-point stand saying, what audible is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm just yelling Omaha, Omaha. Nobody knows what the hell that means. It's <laughs> it's it's like, it's all over. The- so, okay, so you were on my Team Canada roster. Mostly because of, I said that you and Christopher Stieg would bring levity to the room. Is there, is there a guy like you in your room in Anaheim? A dude that isn't afraid to crack jokes and a, a guy who keeps it light in there? Yeah, I'd say, you know, more than any team that I've been on, everybody really enjoyed doing that. From Jesse to Pears to Benino, Palmieri, Fowler. You know, it's a really, it's a really loose team. That's probably easy to say because we're playing so well as a team. But you know, I think our, you know, just see the way he leads the team. He's, he knows when to be serious and when it's not time for jokes, and you know, when it's time to buckle down and go for a game. But we're joking pretty much right up until the drop of the puck. Sometimes, really? Yeah, it's. It's a lot of fun to be in that locker room right now. Does um, has has your coach Bruce uh, Boudreaux has he has he uh, displayed any of the HBO twenty four seven version of Boudreaux when he was just ripping off f bombs at dudes? I think he has used the f word a couple times. Yeah, but I think he was uh, portrayed you know a certain way. He was made to be quote-unquote villain, and I, I don't think that's the right word for it, but everybody sees him on that show swearing, and, you know, it's, he's an intense person, and, you know, you can't, there's different methods of coaching. I really enjoy his, and that's not him every game swearing like he was in Washington. Who's the, who's the teammate that's easiest to pick on? Who's easiest to pick on? Yeah. Nick Benino, hands down. Who is? Nick Nick Benino. Benino? Is it because he's one of the young bucks? Or what yeah, is it about him that you guys make fun of? You just, like, you just look at him and he, he's, he's a really nice guy. He's got a really good sense of humor. So, you know, it's, it's easier to, or more fun to pick on someone with a sense of humor. You know, they don't get their feelings hurt or don't get upset. And so that's one reason we pick on him, but he's just, his demeanor and the way he carries himself, he just is a, Right target. Hey, can, can you give Nick Benino a hug from for me? Just say, hey, this is from my, this is from Cabby from Toronto, and he's gonna look at you strange, be like, who, who the hell's Cabby, and why are yeah. you hugging me for nine to ten seconds? But just give him one of those for me, please. You don't have to put your head in his chest because you're probably taller than yeah. him, but can you can you give him one of those for for, for me, please? I'll compromise with an ass out hug. <laughs> Because you don't want to touch swords? You don't want to cross swords? <laughs> don't act like you don't know what it's called, Cabby. What, crossing swords? <laughs> I've only heard. I've, on. I've only heard. Hey, um, because you have a, a, uh, a, a friend over, does that mean that you can't talk about other friends? Like, can, can she hear your voice? What's that? Yeah. Michael Jordan can hear you talk right now? Yes. Well, is Michael Jordan going to mind if you talk about Catherine Webb? Uh, no, 
I don't see why she would. Amazing. Um, can you uh, tell me or tell the audience how you know her? Uh, we're a mutual friend. You know, we met, like, uh, I met her in the summer through my friend who happens to be really good friends with her. And we actually went and saw a show. I forget which, wherever Beatles, um, Cirque du Soleil was. I forget what casino that was. And yeah, it was fucking. I don't want to say it's just two or four people hanging out, going to a, a show in Vegas, and then to dinner. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal for you because that's the life that you live. But it's a big deal for us, couch potatoes that watch Catherine Webb on a first. It was a BCS Championship telecast where Brent Musburger was like, "Wow, that woman is striking." And then we saw her again this year at the Sugar Bowl when Oklahoma handed Alabama a, a loss, but. Were you surprised, as many of us were, that she's still dating A.J. McCarron? That's not something I really concern myself with. Well, no. Okay, fine. But are you surprised? You do. You, uh, you've seen her. You've hung out with her socially or whatever. I mean, you have a different perspective than the average fat guy sitting on a couch eating a bowl of Doritos. That's what you're doing right now? I was. I was. I was. Before I got to the studio. I see you as like an original cheesy Dorito guy. You don't like the Pride Ranch or maybe Cool Ranch? Oh, Cool Ranch, one of the greatest flavors ever, dude. But it makes your breath stink, but it's so tasty. And I also I also run with spicy nacho, but I, I like how you're trying to deflect from my original question. I'm just testing you. Are you, gonna, are you surprised or no? No, I, I, why would I be surprised? Why does it even affect my... Why, I don't even know why it would enter my daily thought process. She is very pretty in person. It's not Photoshop or airbrushed. It's, it, it's, for lack of a better word, impressive. Wow. Okay. So, would you would you qualify her as a thoroughbred? <laughs> yes. The last time we actually spoke on the phone, you, I felt like I was in a master class, and I was just getting knowledge for days. And it, we weren't physically speaking for days. We spoke for maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, but you were just giving me like a PhD. In, are you, uh, is this conversation going to end with you asking me for money, or why are you being so complimentary? Uh, have, no, I, I would ask you for money in person, because it's harder for you to say no to me in person than it would be over the phone or via text. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. You're very kind. Okay, but listen, it, the level of discipline that you have is impressive. And I, and I just, I, I want to uh, dive back into some of that conversation. Describe. Conversation was this? <laughs> well, this is this is about your move. It's like your your strategy, like the way that you operate um, in a in a in a going out setting. And it, and I started this with um, who in your crew are the wolves? Now, for people listening to this who don't know what I mean, when a guy is a wolf, when you have a dude in your crew that's a wolf, that is the guy that goes out and meets women who has no problem opening a group of girls, no problem talking to girls, starting conversation, being charming. That's, those are wolves. Like those guys get sent out early in the mission, early in the night. And then, you know, when a wolf establishes contact, then you can sort of slide in after a few minutes, introduce yourself and then boom, you have a new social circle. So I asked you who, who do you roll with that are wolves? And you said, I don't really roll with any wolves. 
I'm kind of a solo operator. Do you remember this? Vaguely, but I'll, I'll play along. So then I was like, well, what, like, what do you mean you're a solo operator? And I'm like, well, you're sitting, you said, well, Cab, you know, I, sometimes I just roll solo and I'll go to a spot and I'll invite some friends and I might, it might just be one dude, myself, Dustin Penner, and like six or seven friends. And I'll be like, well, how do you manage that situation? I'm like, well, hey, I just play like the the nice friend guy, you know. I just well, it's not playing a thing. I just I I just try to be myself, whether it's people say it's that I don't care or whatever. Like it's, I'm nice, maybe to a fault to everybody, and you know, I invite people to come hang out, and if they want to, they do, and if they don't, they don't. Okay, but then this is where the strategy comes in, because sometimes you show a level of a certain level of disinterest or you're just, you know, you're just being nice to everybody. You're not being aggressive or you're not showing that, Hey, this girl over here, I'm kind of into you're sort of, you're, as we say, you're laying in the cut. So just because you practice that kind of discipline, then the eyes, they kind of, they kind of focus on you. Like, Oh, how come he's not, how come he's not talking to me? How come he's not over here trying to crack jokes or how come he's not paying me compliments like it's like you use a jedi mind trick which requires a lot of discipline dustin and that's what i wanted to relay to the audience because your level of discipline is is uh is very stealthy and for me a blue collar dude a dude that mucks in the corner and when it's like 2 45 a.m uh you know that gum on the bottom of your shoe Sometimes I'm hungry enough to eat that, if you know what I mean, in a metaphoric sense. I understand, but uh, the way I can explain it is it's a very target-rich environment here in California, and there's, there's a lot of the same type of people, and it really doesn't interest me. So the, the, the lack of interest that I display is genuine because you're, it's very tough to meet someone interesting. So usually when I go to a club... Or a bar, or the library. <laughs> I, usually, I usually go with people I already know, and I don't go there to meet people. And maybe you know, it's you meet new people through the friends you already brought to the place you were going to. But it's not like I go somewhere and like I I want to meet people. So okay, so that's another that's another part of your your game. That's it's not it's just. <laughs> Look, I'm, okay, listen, I'm not saying that you're... I'd rather hang around with people that I enjoy and like than waste 20 minutes to an hour on someone who I don't know, this person, normal and cool. And that being said, I have a pretty good filter. You know, within two, three questions, I can go, yeah, no, nah, I don't, we're done here. See, that, that takes a level of, that's A, that's funny, and B... But you said when you roll out with a crew of people you know, sometimes those people invite new people. So then you will invariably meet new people. Yeah. So what if the, what if those new people interest you? Then you're still going to play it cool? You're just going to lay in the cut and just wait till, you know, the the opposite sex kind of starts, you know, moving yeah, over to where you're sitting? It's a, It's a very patient game. And it's, you know, it's probably coupled with the lack of motivation I have 
to, to get into a relationship where uh, half my net worth is snatched. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, I, I, I've been down this road before. I'm like, eh, you know, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> right. I remember that line. You said that to me before. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a very... I guess I could use the word finite uh, set of uh, criteria when uh, I'm in a social setting where, you know, it's, like I said, the, the, there's a saying a dime a dozen for certain type of people. So, you know, as soon as you go somewhere and if they figure out, oh, this person does this and you must have a little bit of cash and then you can t see their demeanor change and you go uh um i guess you know whether you just call it a bottle rat or a fame <laughs> seeker so the it's uh, like that it's like that like viral video where that uh, lady says ain't nobody got time for that right yes ain't nobody got time did she say she has diabetes or something like that in the video yeah yeah, yeah. um see but okay i just got to tell you like your method is very unique Okay, because like not a lot of dudes can do that. A, not a lot of dudes can just roll with six dime pieces. Okay. Secondly, not a lot of dudes have the the skill set to just like if you're around hot chicks. And you, actually, one thing you said is like if you do roll with friends, they have to be they have to sort of know what the protocol is. They have to know the vibe. They can't like if I rolled with you and I was in a booth with you with like eight honeys, I'd be all over the chicks. And you'd be like, Cab, you can't, you can't operate that yeah, way. I know, and I'd be in the background going, just mouthing the words, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've, many, many times my friends have had to apologize for my behavior. <laughs> Certainly around the, the opposite sex. So, then, so that you have like a dude like me who would just flop your move. So that's why I believe uh, sometimes you just prefer to roll solo and then just have a, a few female friends along. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's uh, entertaining to say the least. How did that start though? You can't just start with that knowledge and that that strategy. That has to that has to be developed, no? Yeah, it's uh, it's developed through a divorce. Well no, but you had it before though, didn't it? Didn't you? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean uh, maybe the learning curve was uh increased exponentially with it, but yeah, I I've never I've never been one of those thirsty or uh, hungry guys, if you catch my drift. Yeah, or, no, yeah, like you've never been me is what you're saying. I've never been you, Cab. No, Just no, say no, the I, words. <laughs> you're being very self-deprecating. You're not that bad. Didn't you, uh, didn't you blow up somebody on Twitter like recently? Uh, weren't you like, uh, I can't believe that you're single? What was it? Wasn't that you recently? Oh, yeah, it's uh, Emmer, Emerson Needham. He had just uh, he had said something about Justin Bieber's new documentary or something. I don't even know what it was, but I just uh, decided to use that as an opportunity to make fun of him. That it worked. It was funny. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's uh, that's you know the kind of the makeup we have of our team here. Where we call each other out, and I get called out quite frequently, so I tend to do it just as much. Hey, uh, quick question. Are, 
Air Jordans big in hockey circles like they are in the rest of pop culture? I have no idea. I'm not a guy that looks at shoes longer than it takes for me to put them on. Yeah, but like so, you you notice what your dudes are rocking, no? Like like whether it's flip-flops and shorts or if dudes come in with like some nice wingtips or something like that, you would recognize Jordans, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Guy, where are you from again? Where in Manitoba are you from? Winkler. Winkler. Dude, there are dudes in Winkler, Manitoba rocking Jordan 4s right now. I'm, I bet there are. Or 5s. Or 11s. Or 14s. What, what, what kind of argument are you trying to make here? Well, no, I'm just wondering if I, I'm assu- I guess by your, and I suppose you're, you're not, you can't speak for the whole hockey culture, but I'm just like every, I don't know, two weeks or three weeks, there's an announcement of a new pair of Jordans and like, they're just, it's just such a, a iconic sneaker in pop culture. And I wonder if it, that, um, is, uh, translates into the world of hockey where hockey dudes are rocking Jordans. Or is it like one guy on your team who's like particularly fashionable on a tre- in a trendy sense and rocks like throwback Jordans? Uh, maybe uh, Daniel Winnick or Emerson Edom. They uh, they put themselves out there in a fashion sense, but I can tell you what shoes they're wearing or what designer apparel they rock. All right, fine. All right, I got I got two more for you. Um, okay. I'm going to end on some music stuff, but before we get there, did you see, uh, I guess you didn't because you were, you were, you were winning a hockey game yesterday, but the Alex Rodriguez story on 60 minutes. I heard about that. I did catch a bit of that. And, uh, now he's suing the players union. I think, um, no, I think the players union is going to try to overturn the decision. I don't think he's, or is he's, I think he's suing, he's trying to. No, I just I just had dinner with some friends, and they had said that he was kind of sue the union. What? Maybe, yeah, it just came out today. Oh. Yeah, like within the last uh, I don't know three four hours. Is that because he? What does he feel like they didn't have his back or something, or they advised I him? I, I don't know. If it doesn't affect me, I don't really care. Come on, man! You can't be that insulated. You can't be. I am. You you I really don't give an f about the rest of the world. How is it going to change my life? What am I going to call my buddy and say, oh, I can't believe this and spend an hour talking about it? Or am I going to watch Family Guy or Modern <laughs> Man, I can't wait to come out there and live with you for a year. We're going to, we're going to. I can't wait. I, I could really use some help around the house. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, I'm going, I'm going to be like the, uh, an ambassador for, um, uh, uh, current events. I'm going to be your current events coach. You know, some might, that, that would be great, but some might venture to say that since you gained a bit more notoriety and got more Twitter followers, you kind of forgot about your friends that knew you before you got big and I, you haven't been out here since. I don't, I don't even know what that means because I, te- I text you on the semi-regular. And every text you finish with, this is Cabby, by the way. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's 2014. My phone logs and keeps track. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, hey, man, I'm just, just, just a reminder. Listen, you meet a lot of people. I meet a lot of people, and I like to, to say, I just like to say who it is because how many times a week do you get 
a number that shows up on your phone, no name attached, and the person is is texting you like they knew you since the seventh grade. Not that often, actually. Okay, well, it happens to me sometimes, and I'm just like, oh, man, and I feel like such a jerk because I didn't save their number from our first conversation. So in case you didn't or you had to, you transferred numbers from different phones and stuff, then I'd just like to remind you. That's all. I appreciate it. It's very thoughtful of you. Um, one maybe, more. Maybe, you know, you're probably just conditioned that way from the girls you meet, and when you get their numbers, you <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely a numbers game with me. It's a, listen, uh, Wayne Gretzky said you, you miss uh, 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. Or so, something to that effect. Your arms must be tired by now. Oh, um, dude, it's my fingers. I'm going to get... <laughs> I'm, I'm my fingers in my neck just from looking at that that blue light on my uh, on my phone. Um, so the, the the part about a Rod that I wanted to mention was this dude in, on 60 Minutes had his BBM messages on the TV screen. They had they had conversations between Tony Bosch, the guy who used to run the Biogenesis Clinic in in Miami, and a Rod on screen. They had Scott Pelley said, "Yeah, we have over 500 of these messages," and I felt so violated for Alex Rodriguez. First of all, it's BBM. That's supposed to, you're not supposed to be able to decrypt BBM. It's got like 132 bit or 128 bit encryption, like which is one level down from what Obama has on his BlackBerry, and then just like. Just like how if it was you and your personal business, I know they were they were just highlighting the messages, the the communication between the two when they're talking about the supplements and the dosage and when to take them, all that kind of stuff. But if you saw any of your messages on TV, how violated would you feel? And you didn't give permission, you didn't know this was going to show up on TV. How violated would you feel? Yeah, that's that's awful. I mean, there's a lot of curse words and adjectives I'd like to lose like to use describing that but it's it's not right and uh you know no one deserves to be put through that like i like if a rod then somehow ran into that dude like in an airport if he choked the dude out i'd be like Arod, i would i would side with him like he would get my public support like if he actually choked the dude out like two hands around his neck like looking into his eyes like trying to choke him into oblivion i'd be like you know what that dude deserved it i'm okay with i'll ride with a rod in that regard uh, i'd be right there with you yeah i don't know if you've ever been violated like i i have i certainly haven't i hope i'm never but man that's just like oh hey did you hear about the dude that died when he um the dude his phone fell into the chicago river and he jumped in a guy from Minneapolis jumped in to try to get his phone. This is at midnight with he's walking with a couple of buddies. Jumped into the river and he died. Why? Why did he jump into the river? He was trying to get his phone. He, his phone fell out of his hands into the river, the icy river. Jumped in. His buddies went in after him. One of the buddies is in the hospital in stable condition. And the original guy that jumped in the river has not been found. So after like two or three days, they just presumed he's dead. Wow, that's really sad. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mess of story. I just read it today on Gawker. I'm like, ooh, that's a tough way to go out. Is there anything that I, I'm thinking like, what was it on that guy's phone that he's like, oh no, like nobody can see what's on this phone because you can't be in that type of situation. You can't replace a a ninety nine dollar iPhone or whatever it was. I think they're a little bit more expensive than ninety nine dollars. Maybe if you get locked in for ten years. Yeah, you get locked into a plan. They're ninety nine bucks, or maybe they're maybe they're. One ninety nine on Verizon and or Sprint, and you have to yeah you lock in yourself into a two or three year plan. But 
a couple hundred bucks, which ultimately costs a dude's life, though. Yeah. Dude, what what media would have to be on your phone for you to, if you're say in Winkler, Manitoba, and the Assiniboine River or the Saskatchewan River is flowing through your town? I don't know what what river is flowing through your your province. I just figure it's one of those two. Um, I'd like to think you know me by now, and based on my answers in the past, I think you would probably you shouldn't be surprised. But if my phone dropped in the river, I'd probably just be like, yeah, screw it. Okay, but like not Dustin Penner 2014. What about Dustin Penner 2001? Like you, this is the Dustin Penner whose bank account doesn't have multiple no, commas it's not, in it. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a monetary answer. Like it's just like what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get wet. Then I'm gonna be cold. <laughs> like I, those things all go through my mind. Like it's not like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I'm just trying to think. I'm okay. That's uh, uh, again the great line returns. But I just want to f- know what your tipping point is. What would have to be on your phone for you to, for you to retrieve it somewhere where there's a, a a bit of peril, and a bit of danger in retrieving it. Like what has to what media has to be on your phone? Everybody has a everybody. There's a tipping point for every person. Um. And there, and there's the threat that someone might retrieve it 200 meters downstream, and if that person sees it and and opens it, it it's not password protected, and just starts swiping through your gallery or your camera roll. You're like, oh, this is, I don't want another person seeing this ever in life. Yeah, I, I mean that would suck, but. It- I think it's worth dying for. Okay, but you don't know you're going to die, Dustin. Will you just follow me on this hypothetical, please? <laughs> okay, for for the sake of time, I will. I, if there was racy pictures of me with, uh, I don't know, whoever, and then I, I, I don't know, if I was, maybe a picture of me at a bar that I shouldn't have been at the night before a game, I don't, like... That's wait. That's what you go to. That's your. That's I, the one. Racy pictures. You at a bar. Come on, man. You can do better than that. I really don't care. <laughs> I love your indifference. Oh well, that makes one of us. Apathy. That's what it is. Apathy. Last yeah. one. Last question. I'll get you out of here. You are. You're one of my few friends that is big into EDM. You love electronic dance music, and there was a time where you had um, you interviewed some famous DJs for Vibe Magazine, which in itself is an awesome story. It's an awesome thing to be able to say, I was published in Vibe Magazine, a predominantly uh, African-American publication, but me, I'm nowhere near African-Americans. I have a couple African-American friends, and one I'm talking to on the phone right now. However, that's not the point. The point is you are a published author in this magazine, but EDM is your thing. What should I be listening to right now? Like, who are the hot DJs or the songs? Are you like, you know what, Cab? This is, I know you're not so into the music, but this this song, this song, it, it, it pumps. Um, you know, Tough to say. I, I kind of get uh, complacent. You know, they because it's become such a money machine now, and now they're represented by elite agents in Hollywood, and most DJs moving to LA. They I think are being pressured to put out tracks ahead of time, or you know, ahead of their own personal schedule, and they aren't as good as they used to be because 
before when there wasn't demand for it, it didn't matter if it didn't release a song every four months. So it kind of gets watered down. But, you know, something you might like is the DJ Carnage or Borgor. Or... I'm more into, like, Above and Beyond, Matt, though. All right, so these these are the cats I should be searching for on sampling it on YouTube and then searching it on blogs to, yeah. to download some yeah, of their stuff? Yeah, I would say if you want to, there's probably... If uh, an alien spaceship landed on Earth and said, you know, give me some music that would describe, you know, what you consider to be great music, I would say there's four podcasts on Above and Beyond's podcast called Above and Beyond Group Therapy number 50, which was done live in London, where they're from, and they have four different DJs spin in succession alive. It ended up being a six-hour set, but there's probably only four hours on there that I would suggest. But it's you know it's such a different type of sound, and there's so many different types of genres in it. It's just I can listen to it on a loop. Wow. Okay. Four four hours, dude. Whoa. I don't I don't know if I have that much music listening in me in one in one uh, sitting or one session of activity, whether it's working out or cleaning up my place or going for a walk or whatever. But uh, I will look up that podcast. Yeah, ABGT50. Just type that into Google. All right. And then you'll be on your way. Um, can I give you one? Sure. Um, Pretty Paper by Cardinal Official is pretty legit. Cardinal Official featuring Raekwon. That's a good one. All right. And okay. and Drake's We Made It. You guys, you guys might play that after after wins. You should introduce okay. that one. Uh, right now we're playing Wake Me Up by VG, but... Okay, well, listen, when you guys get into the playoffs, if you guys are still running the table, and then, like, let, let, let me just plant that seed. Let me be Leo DiCaprio, a la Inception. We made it by Drake. All right. I'll, uh, I'll run it by the guys who think. No, you just do it. You're the, you're the okay. DJ of the team. All right, my, uh, my pizza's ready. Okay, listen, Dustin, at DustinPenner25 on Twitter, always a pleasure speaking with you. I envy your life. And I admire our friendship. All right. Sounds good, Cabby. Thanks for the call, bud. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.